Hey guys, I'm Jay, one of the co-founders and the CEO at Imagine Insights, and I'm here with our community lead, Nick. Welcome to our podcast, Imagine This, the podcast for all things Gen Z. If you want to know more about Gen Z, then join us for our 20-minute monthly podcast where we'll discuss what matters to Gen Z, how they think, and the incredible impact they're having on society. But before we get started into this, into today's episode, I just want to let you know that we pay our Gen Z community for every single insight they provide to brands. To pay more Gen Z and to be the best at what we do, we really need this podcast to grow. And it's very easy for you to help. Really, really simple. If you're listening to us on Apple, then simply press subscribe. If you're listening to us on Spotify apps, then please press follow. That's it. By doing that small little task, you've helped us massively. So thank you so much. Also, feel free to like and do all those extra bits and pieces on the side. But thank you again for helping us to pay more Gen Z and continue to add value to some amazing brands. Now on to the episode. This is our seventh episode and and I'm going to be talking to one of our Gen Z community members, Oakley Corliss, on her brutally honest views about British Gen Z marketplace platform Depop selling to Etsy for £1 billion, a whole bunch of money, and the increased popularity of live streaming. But before we get into all of that, Oakley, I'd love you to tell us about yourself. So how old are you and where are you from? Uh, So first of all, thanks, Jay. Thanks, Nick, for having me on the podcast. So I'm 20. I'm from Liverpool and currently studying international business at the University of Leeds. However, at the moment, I'm at an international summer school programme in Aarhus, Denmark, studying cross-cultural negotiation, which is really interesting. And um, in my spare time, I tutor for an organisation that helps disadvantaged children in the north of England. So reducing the education gap is something I'm really passionate about. And I've been a part of the Gen Z community for, I think, about seven months, maybe. Yeah, seven months. I love that. Seven months. I feel like it's flying by so fast. By the way, you sound like a superhero. Like, yeah, I'm studying (laughs) at Liverpool, but I'm also in Denmark and I'm saving children's lives. And I love that. (laughs) <laughs> it's so good but um but yeah we're so grateful to have you in our community um oakley's provided some amazing insights to some of our clients um especially i remember one you did for ebay which is really really cool so grateful to have you here with us oakley and um, nick forever a silent partner i'll be bringing you in in a second my friend don't worry um but we're going to kick off with our first topic because we like to keep this under 20 minutes so british gen z marketplace platform depop sold to Etsy for one billion pounds, which is a whole bunch of money. And personally, I love this um, because I know a lot of the Depop team. And so it was great to see them exit and obviously to have um, a life-changing experience with that. Um, Coming to you first, Oakley, what do you think of this whole situation of Depop selling to Etsy? What are your thoughts on it? Well, as you said, first of all, a whole lot of money, one billion pounds is enormous, enormous acquisition. Um, I think the acquisition makes a lot of sense with Etsy's business model and how they're focused on giving small artists and businesses a collective platform. And Depop's kind of like similar, but for more of a Gen Z community. So a lot of people will either sell their clothes on it or a lot of people actually run businesses. And with Depop being the market leader amongst Gen Z within that segment, it it seems like a quite natural place 
for Etsy to venture into if they're wanting to expand their customer basis because I think it's quite Etsy's more independent and generally has quite higher well I'd say it's more expensive than Depop so as it's like a different structure of a platform so it's not as focused towards Gen Z but with huge marketplace competitors online competitors such as Amazon and ASOS selling multiple brands again it seems very logical for Etsy and Depop to be under the same umbrella to be able to competitively keep in that um not keep compete in that online marketplace but I'm interested to see what direction um they'll take Depop whether they'll keep it for the younger market and something I really hope they might venture into a little bit more because I love it when brands do this when um brands sell their like damaged stock on I think they do it on like um online market places so such as eBay and a couple do it on Depop I think that's an avenue that they should really explore because you're allowing maybe products that aren't necessarily accessible if like a, a piece of clothing is 80 90 pound but it's damaged it's like they might just have a few scratches on or like something misprinted if that can be then reduced for like half of the price and then sold on Depop or a platform like that it's opening that brand up to a whole range of customers that previously the accessibility to that brand wasn't there. So I really hope they go in. That's something they introduce a bit more. But yeah, yeah. No, I love that. That's, that's such a, such a great answer. By the way, I love I love when you're saying that they're so similar because there was a huge surprise in the market. Everybody was like, "Wait, why? Why are Etsy buying Depop?" So many people were like it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. And um, but I definitely love what you're saying, how both platforms technically host business owners. That's really a lot of what they do. They're hosting business owners on their platform. So Etsy buying Depop is like a, it's like a marriage of, of, of similar um, entities, which is great. And I think the Etsy being expensive is a great point. Etsy is a lot more expensive, so they won't have that engagement with Depop, um, with Gen Z, sorry, like Depop will. So again, a great acquisition. And then I really love that final point of what direction are they going to take Depop? Because people don't think about this sometimes. People hear that, oh, 1 billion, amazing, awesome. Let's carry on from there. But now what's going to happen to Depop next? Um, and I think you made some really great points there about selling damaged stock and, and things like that, which is really, really cool. Nick, what do, what do you think about this? Um, I feel like I'm going to sound like I'm kind of mirroring what Oakley's saying. But I think, for, firstly, I feel, I don't know if I was living under a rock because when it initially happened, I actually didn't hear about it. Um, so I didn't actually know about it. And obviously, you know, when I then saw that they were, you know, Depop was being sold to Etsy for 1 billion. Same as Oakley, I think same as everyone else. I was obviously quite surprised, you know, that, you know, it's, it is a lot of money. Um, I'd say following on actually from what um, kind of you, you both have been saying about whether Depop are going to kind of, uh, if they're going to kind of maintain what they've been doing at the moment or whether they're going to, um, you know, kind of change a bit or, you know, have a, a shift in the way that they kind of, they operate because obviously, you know, now that Etsy are in charge, are they going to just be looking at kind of the bottom line? But I do, I do hope that Depop doesn't stray from their kind of core values. Um, after the acquisition, I mean, I use, I, I use Depop a lot. I'm actually hoping later on that someone's going to buy some shoes from me. I'm in discussions <laughs> at the moment. Um, so let's see. Um, that will fund my weekend anyway. Um, however, I'm aware that Depop, um, their leadership team, is continuing so kind of like as a standalone business i know that they're they're, they're going to allow you know etsy are allowing deep depop's kind of existing leadership team 
um, in their London headquarters to kind of carry on. So I'd like to think that, you know, this should kind of only lead on to more, you know, more success. And I think it's interesting that, yeah, they, they you know, this kind of so-called competitor in the reseller marketplace has decided to kind of acquire um, Depop. But to be honest, like Oakley was saying, I don't really consider Etsy a direct competitor because I consider them more kind of handmade items, you know, selling kind of vintage items. But I think just Etsy's presence in the US, um, you know, as a US-based company and, and, you know, Depop as kind of a British-based um, company, I think it's a step in the right direction um, for, for both businesses, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's a great, you, you were living under a rock, bro. Um, <laughs> everybody heard about it. But no, um, and I, I love that you use Depop yourself because um, I, I, I'm also a massive fan of Depop and I'm always buying random bits and pieces on there and trying to trying to, trying to to sell stuff that people never always seem to want to buy. I don't know why, I don't know what it is about my clothes. Um, but, um, and I like what you were saying a second ago about don't stray from your core values. I think that's a big, it's a, it's a big thing. And I think the, <clears throat> a good way that Etsy are making sure that Depop don't stray from their core values is like what you said, keeping on their senior leadership team, keeping on that executive team and saying, okay, you know what? We still want you to steer this ship forward over the next five years to a decade and continue to grow with us. And I think that's a great um, that's a great win for, for Maria, who's an awesome human being, um, a, a CEO, and, and, and the rest of the team there, which is really, really cool. Um, but moving on, onto the, staying on this Depop point, but moving on slightly, um, obviously, Gen Z make up 90% of Depop's community, um, which is massive. So what does this sale mean for brands that are thinking of focusing on Gen Z, what does this mean of, for Gen Z at scale? What does this mean for brands that are focusing, looking to focus on Gen Z? Nick, I'm going to come to you first before I go to Oakley. Um, so I think that Depop are quite exemplary in, in kind of, you know, uh, aligning with what Gen Z wants. I think that, you know, Depop is definitely an app, a platform, a community that, you know, is growing, you know, thanks uh, in you know in a large part due to the kind of you know their gen z community and i think they're fully aware of the importance of this community you know especially because what you know what depop you know does um gen z is at the forefront of this vintage clothing reselling clothes you know everything else on depop and i think that kind of what i was um alluding to earlier with with etsy um coming in to buy depop you know they they want to it just shows how much pull gen z has you know Etsy acquiring Depop for 1 billion, it just shows how much they want to kind of, you know, leverage that younger audience. You know, like I was saying earlier, most people who shop at Etsy are typically older. Their kind of average age of users is is 39. I don't think I've ever purchased anything off Etsy. I know my mum does, you know, actually last week she she purchased something, but it just it just shows and it, it shows that, you know, Etsy has recognized the power of Gen Z and wanted to kind of leverage this influential and you know fast growing demographic by acquiring depop um which will allow them to target kind of those young users and actually i'll do i'll do a little shout out um so depop actually did a really interesting report with bain on gen z recently um and they basically looked into how gen z's empathy awareness and fluidity are transforming business as usual so i think that's actually something really interesting for you know for brands to have a look at or just anyone to have a look at as it, you know, it's a, I definitely recommend it. It's a, it's a good read. I love that. We'll definitely tag um, the Depop team in this so they can hear that shout out for sure. Um, and what about you, uh, Oakley? Uh, what are your thoughts? Do they differ on that? Um, they're quite similar in the sense that I think the business selling for one billion really demonstrates how much purchasing power Gen Z have be, with Depop being a Gen Z 
uh, focus brand. I'm not going to lie, I break the model up, but I don't use Depop that often because I do find some of the things quite expensive what they are. Maybe I'm just a little bit harsh. Like if something's worth £20, I want it for 10 But I think that's just me being a bit um, stingy. But I think it really demonstrates how it's not good enough anymore for just the packaging to attract the customer. And it really shows that Gen Z are a lot more than that because I think a lot older generations can sometimes see Gen Z as quite image-driven and very vain. But really, for brands to appeal to Gen Z, they have to appeal to their values. And it's as I said, it's not good enough to have like a cool, cool packaging or a cool advert. They have to resonate on a social, economic and environmental level. And I think Depop has such a mass Gen Z following because they... Uh, care, they show they care about Gen Z issues. So their interaction with the BAME, BAME community, you know, um, supporting independent businesses by giving them a accessible platform and tackling s- sustainability through people being able to sell their old clothes and vintage clothing. But I do think they need to be careful about, um, I've seen a lot of businesses on there, they do necessarily this isn't the most sustainable thing they buy a lot of wholesale clothes from China and then resell it on Depop and people think it's sustainable because they're buying off Depop I think that's something they definitely should tackle a bit more make sure things are authentic and independent but obviously I think that's quite a difficult thing to tackle but I do really believe that Gen Z are very loyal at the core of their community, you know, because I think if you look at brands that target Gen Z, from surface level, it's very saturated, but at the core, they have a lot of loyalty. And I think Depop selling for this amount of money really highlights how loyal Gen Z can be. And if yeah. organisations want to appeal to Gen Z, they have to resonate with their values. And, you know, I'm very loyal. I'm very loyal to my Beats headphones. I will probably buy them. Well, I won't buy a pair every year because that's too expensive. But I think I'll continue to stick with them. And same with um, clothing, Swedish clothing brand Weekday. My bank account's very happy if I don't order from there once a month. So, yeah, I think Gen Z from the outside, very chaotic and disillusioned due to their diversity. But at the core, they do are very loyal to the brands that care about them and care about what they care about. I love that. Such great points from both of you. And I think you're both saying such similar things about the Basically, Depop lean into Gen Z. They very much lean into their Gen Z community. They don't treat them as outsiders. They're like, okay, Gen Z are the core of, of, of who we're trying to target. They're Gen Z are our core community. Let's lean into them and and, and, and really um, make sure that they feel loved and feel welcomed um, from all different um, all different backgrounds, ethnicities, races, um, sexual um, preferences, et cetera, et cetera, which is great. And I, and I love that you're talking about how your loyalty to brands like Beats and Weekday, I'll definitely tag them this in this when I put it on LinkedIn, which is great. Um, and it's really interesting the point you said about businesses buying clothes from whole, at wholesale from China and 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 then selling that on Depop. I had no idea about that. And I think it's it's a really interesting point that I can imagine the Depop team are aware of and they're probably looking into. But it's definitely interest an interesting point how people can take something you've built a marketplace you've built to try and um 
be more sustainable. They could take that and use that for own for their own um for their own wills. But we're gonna move on from that topic, even though it was a great one, um, because we only have a few minutes left. Um, but the next topic we're gonna talk about is the increased popularity of live streaming. With live stream shopping, concerts, and so much more, live streaming is quickly becoming a very important part of social media life. Oakley, I'm going to come to you first. What do you think of the rise of live streaming? And is it something that you're personally interested in yourself? Uh, personally, I can see the attraction and the convenience of live streaming with a lot of things being digital now and you can access it from anywhere in the world. So I can see it being attractive from that viewpoint. But personally, I don't think it's something I'd be interested in because you can't beat the atmosphere of like a live concert or a live festival or a live experience. You miss out on a lot of um, social, you miss out on the social aspects and the social atmosphere created at a, a live event can't, I don't think it can be matched through the digital medium. There's a lot of things digital platforms can do. I don't think it can match the um, real life social experience. Yeah, no, I I I I personally agree with you on that. Um, and Nick, what about you? What what are your thoughts on on live streaming? Um, so I I see where you both are, are coming from. I would say that it's not really to kind of replace. I don't think live streaming is here to kind of replace you know, what was before in terms of, let's say, going to a concert. I think it's more to kind of supplement it. So I think, you know, I th let's say 10 years ago with live, live streaming of things, you know, kind of people would maybe um, would think of, let's say, like tele shopping where you're kind of, you know, someone's trying to sell something to you and people are trying to buy it at the same time as viewing it. But I think nowadays video has become increasingly kind of like indispensable in people's lives you know, particularly with the lockdowns happening this year where people are inside and, they're, you know, they're probably online. So I think that people appreciate this kind of, you know, I think live stream, you, you kind of feel a sense of community connected with people. And I, that goes both ways with, you know, creators and viewers. I think I, I read somewhere that, um, you know, Twitch, um, they saw, I think it was a growth of 50% um, last year. Um, I think also I've seen on, on YouTube's culture and trends report, they highlighted that, over half a million uh, channels live streamed for the first time in 2020. So including kind of a bit like what Oakley was saying with concerts. But I'd say for me personally, I, I you know, like Oakley said, I'd rather go to, you know, to a concert or something like that. But I am interested in live streaming in the sense of, so for example, I, you know, when I, I was at uni and I was, I was studying or even just kind of when I'm doing some work, I love listening to kind of the lo-fi hip hop radios. Those are kind of those live stream um live streams that are really popular on youtube so i do really like um listening to those type of things yeah this my one of my boys actually he's got one of those lo-fi uh hip-hop radio beat things that he has on um on, that he live streams on which is really really cool at first i used to find it really odd that people would listen into that while working during the day during the pandemic but then i started listening to it myself and i was that's actually kind of cool because it's like it's my own personal radio station with somebody that i know which is kind of cool and i think it's interesting what you're both saying about how for you guys it can't really beat physical events but i definitely agree with you nick where it's almost designed to supplement it so you could have the physical event still but then those are people that aren't able to make it to the physical event can join virtually and live stream in and i think that's now becoming more of the norm which is cool but um final question and then we're going to wrap up for you guys nick i'm going to come to you first how do you think live streaming where do you see it going what do you think could be the future of live streaming um honestly i i think 
I can see live streaming becoming even more popular in the future. I don't think it's reached its full potential. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, particularly, you know, when hopefully we'll be coming out of this pandemic, I think that people will realise that actually these live streams have been really useful and that, you know, it can connect people across the world. So people are going to be able to, you know, live stream different events such as, you know, graduations or I've not had, had mine in person. But, um, you know, people are going to be able to have graduations or even weddings. I mean, let's say, you know, you've got friends and family that are across the world. Just being able to, you know, live stream these kind of events, it will make people even more interconnected. And I think that this is going to be um, this is going to be even more you know, relevant in future years. And yeah, I just think it's going to become extremely popular. Yeah, for sure. And what about yourself, Oakley? I definitely think it's going to go um, down the convenience avenue. And as Nick said, you know, if you have family who are far away or they're able to see these important live events, such as graduations and weddings. So I can definitely see it going down more of that avenue rather than the these like live special events, such as like concerts or fashion shows or and maybe more down like shopping as well. I can see that being quite a big thing as well. But who yeah, knows? For sure. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? That's 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 the main point. But I, for me, I've seen there's a massive rise of um, live stream shopping in China. Um, and we, we imagine that somebody reached out recently talking about launching a similar platform here in the UK. Um, so, yeah, so it's, so it's, it's quite interesting to see that. And actually, I think a friend of mine works for, for, a, for a platform that does, does similar in the UK. But uh, but again, thank you to Nick and Oakley for taking the time out to chat with me. Um, we went slightly over the 20 minutes that I normally say that we're going to stay under, but it's all good. I know you guys forgive us. It was a great conversation, but thank you to listening to the seventh episode of Imagine This. So our mission at Imagine Insights is to help Gen Z to shape their future. I mean, the best way for them to do that is with brands because brands are shaping countries and culture like politicians only wish they could. So we enable agencies and brands to crowdsource qualitative insight from our community of Gen Z consultants. So we have Gen Z all around the world that are on our platform and brands come to us because they can crowdsource insight from our community within 72 hours. It's really, really quick and we have some amazing people within our community like Oakley. So every single month you get to hear from folks like her. But if you want to hear more about um, Imagine Insights, please feel free to reach out to me. My name is Jay Richards. You can find me on Google. Um, nice and easy. You could reach out to Imagine Insights um, and we will definitely be in touch. But Again, please feel free to like, subscribe and share to our podcast. And please let us know if you have any questions for me personally or for the community. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll speak to you soon.